Now back to the Tribune's Rick Pearson. It's the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Good Sunday morning. Welcome to the second hour of your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, We played the cut earlier about uh, the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff uh, saying that Trump uh, tweeting out an attack on former Ukraine Ambassador uh, Marie Yovanovitch was witness intimidation. Well, the president was asked about his tweet and whether he was trying to intimidate her or future witnesses. Here's what he had to say. I'll tell you about what tampering is. Tampering is when a guy like Shifty Shift doesn't let us have lawyers. Tampering is when Shift doesn't let us have witnesses, doesn't let us speak. I've been watching today for the first time I started watching, and it's really sad when you see people not allowed to ask questions. It's totally, nobody's ever had such horrible due process. There was no due process. And I think it's, I think it's considered a joke all over Washington and all over the world. The Republicans are given no due process whatsoever. We're not allowed to do anything. It's a disgrace what's happening. But you know what? The American public understands it. And that's why the poll numbers are so good. And that's why other things are so good. I'm not exactly sure what poll numbers he's talking about, but uh, the polls that I've been seeing have shown the public attitudes of supporting impeachment steadily growing. Uh, we'll talk about impeachment, the process, and the politics with Michael Golden. He is president of Golden Mean Strategies, also author of the book Unlock Congress. Michael, it's always good to have you here in the studio. Especially when you bring donuts. That's right. A dozen donuts, assorted flavors, 18th floor of 303. I couldn't, I'd rather be nowhere else than Sunday morning. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, so we had the public testimony of uh, the former ambassador. We had previous to that, opening it up, the opening the phase of the public inquiry, uh, we had uh, former acting Ukraine ambassador William Taylor. Deputy Assistant Secretary of State George Kane, two pretty solid uh, witnesses uh, here. But I thought it was the uh, Jovanovich testimony, and it's particularly that tweet from the president at the same time saying that, you know, she's been lousy at every job she's ever held. Look at Somalia. You know, I mean, uh, easy place to, easy yeah, place right. to repair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, easy, always an easy place to fix. But it was the way that that tweet, I thought, took Republicans off the ball game. And somebody had a clip, and I, I, I can't remember what it, what it might have been Chuck Todd, of the Republican members of the Intelligence Committee each in turn taking before their questions, praising her service uh, for the country. And it's kind of like, this isn't this is not what the republican game plan was supposed to be yeah you know what it's funny when i and when i was watching that by the way if anybody calls and i have a challenge you, he just said shifty chef i for my money the best two nicknames trump's ever come up with are shifty chef and sloppy steve for steve bannon okay I, I, all right somebody not, can, not sleepy joe <laughs> no no you don't like if sleepy somebody joe? can beat one of those i can't okay. keep track of them all the, i was trying to watch this as objectively as possible and notwithstanding the, the the facts and the testimony, you're asking more really about the tone after that tweet. And I, I have to say, even even with them uh, disclaiming each of their remarks, the, the, the members of the GOP, after they thanked her for her service, uh, and, and if, even if you grant them that it was 
sincere. Those men and women sounded really angry, mean. And I I kept checking myself to make sure that I wasn't – because she's a sympathetic figure. She's she's an an incredible public servant. She's very strong. She's very soft-spoken. She's one of the most credible witnesses I've seen in in a malfeasance – public hearing in front of congress and i've seen a lot you know super nerds watch watch a lot of that stuff uh but i you know even even after that if their strategy was to go easier after their compliments a lot of it seemed like attack to me anyway I, i they don't have a lot to work with here i mean no and it's been kind of an evolving story it's first there was no quid pro quo and then you get to well yeah but he said it but uh, that's done all the time, right, right. and then it's like, you know, well, president gets to decide his own uh, foreign strategy. Well, uh, you you know that, like, uh, I think I sent you a few days ago, uh, I'd written an article uh, in the New York Daily, in his old hometown, I guess now, yes. New York Daily News, uh, comparing what's going on to Goodfellas, that, that the, the movie, that and this is how mob trials are built, they from the outside in. They go up and up the chain, and people have to tell the truth to, for self-preservation. They don't want to go to jail. The six people that have been indicted and convicted under Trump, all six have been convicted of lying, of, of lying under oath. And as it gets closer and closer, and by the way, that's what you're seeing right now. Sondland, Gordon Sondland, this ambassador, he testified once. He went back and, and you know, revised his testimony. There's no other way to say it. He corrected his lies. Yeah. This whole refreshing memory thing. I mean, you, you can say that if you like, but he, he, he's, he's not a... Uh, um, and now he's going to have to go back again because the more people that come and tell the truth about what's happened, and it reminded me. So I, I mentioned Goodfellas before. I told you for this morning I had a quote from my all-time favorite movie, All the President's Men. Hal Holbrook plays Deep Throat. He's in about four scenes, all in a dark garage, talking to Bob Woodward. And we didn't know it was Mark Felt. We didn't know it was Mark Felt. And Hal Holbrook is probably his most memorable role. Four scenes, standing up in a suit in a dark. And, and he says this to Woodward. He says at a certain point in the movie, quote, Forget the myths that the media has created about the White House. The truth is, these are not very bright guys. And things got out of hand. And now they're talking about the break-in and the cover-up and everything. But it, the same thing applies. If you're, if you're an ambassador and you're holding up a cell phone in Ukraine at a table full of people in an unsecure line with the President of the United States asking you to investi- investigate your political foes, I, I don't care if you're worth $60 million and how you made it. That's not a very s- smart thing to do. And now... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't testify next week. If he if he takes the fifth or just doesn't show up, that song Sondland doesn't. Sondland, because there's cause there's there's very little way to clean this up without acknowledging you perjure yourself. We're speaking with Michael Golden. He's president of Golden Mean Strategies. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pierce from the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio, joined by Michael Golden, president of Golden Mean Strategies, author of Unlock Congress. We're talking a bit of a review of the first couple of days of the uh, public phase of the impeachment hearing. And, you know, you're quoting uh, from Deep Throat from uh, All the President's Men, and one of the other explanations that some Republicans have been offering up about the whole issue of Ukraine and military aid being held in exchange for investigations is that he, they're not that smart. 
that the White House isn't that smart. Right. To 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 organize, to try to organize and put that together. Now, I, I think you're absolutely right with the uh, ambassador uh, to the European Union, um, Sondland, uh, scheduled to appear, I think, on Wednesday. I'm not sure. Uh, but the one problem Democrats have acknowledged, not necessarily publicly, is the fact of what stopped the military aid where did that stop who controlled the stoppage of that and that's i think that's the next kind of shoe they're looking for to drop in in this kind of ladder climbing that they're doing yeah there's and actually there's a irony going on here that has to do more with the calendar and the clock than whether you'd get to the people that took those orders and did it meaning Likely Mick Mulvaney, the the acting chief of staff, right? Uh, 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 he's refused to testify. So is the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, so has who am I who am I missing here? Um, well, uh, one other principal, the, uh, John Bolton. Thank you, John Bolton, the National Security Advisor. And you know, like when Nixon had to release his tapes, the Supreme Court nine to nothing uh, ordered that you know executive privilege wouldn't stand. That's very possible that would happen again if this went all the way to the Supreme Court. But Democrats, there's the political, right? They don't want this dragging out for six months in the House alone. They want to get this vote over with and throw it to the Senate and have their primary. So politics, just like set up in the Constitution on high crimes and misdemeanors, it does enter into this. Even if, and for all they say about wanting to, the Democrats, uphold the Constitution, which I, as you know, wholeheartedly agree they should do. I don't care if it's two weeks before an election. That the whole point is to hold the president accountable. Otherwise, there's no precedent. However, they've got a problem. They, you know, now maybe depending on what Sondland says, you know, the the the, the truth is really outing what happened uh, with Sondland. If he took direct orders uh, from the president, you may not need that office of management and budget hold because the order itself, uh, the Democrats would argue, that's. Bribery, blackmail, a high crime and misdemeanor, however you want to, extortion, however you want to put it. Um, but, uh, you know, the other thing is that, the other thing is that when you said they try to put a strategy together, they they can't keep it going because the president is so impulsive, right? That, like you said about the tweet, he he won that election, and he thinks that everything he does, he doesn't need it, quote advisors. Why would he if he won the election? And ninety nine point eight percent of the population didn't think he was going to win, even if they voted for him. So it's it's very hard for the the, the, Repu- the, the GOP in the in the Congress and in the Senate too. By the way, how quiet have the senators been the last week? They're sitting at their desk at lunch. They don't want to answer these questions because it's very hard to defend. Well, and you actually have seen the stories about uh, speaking of the calendar that Republicans who initially there was a question was if the House does vote for articles of impeachment. Obviously, it would go to trial in the Senate, and there was initial talk that it would be, you know, quick. And and uh, Mitch McConnell saying that the, you know, I would imagine it'd be acquittal. Now there's talk about prolonging a trial procedurally uh, to jeopardize the uh, Democrats, the Senate Democrats who are running for president. Well, I'll tell you what. If the if the de- I, I think the Democrats don't fear that as much as they fear. Uh, Mitch McConnell saying when it gets to him, we're not going to do this. 
We're, we're going to, he makes some motion, he's a master of parliamentary rules, and not have a, a, a real trial. And the thing is, uh, uh, you know, for all that we talk about, about the actual law and violation of the law or the Constitution, or, you know, the, the, the facts and, and what this means, this whole thing, this whole thing in the House is really for the public. Uh, the average of polls has 50%. Half the country believes the president should be impeached and removed. At the beginning of Watergate, before all the stuff came out, it was at 35%. So it's way above where Watergate was. The question is, will it shoot up that last 10%, a little more, to make the senators, uh, the Republican senators, have to actually make a decision? And I'll tell you something. There was a poll. There was a, I, I was shocked to hear this. There was a poll that came out that only 2% of Americans say there's a strong chance they could change their mind about impeachment, and another 8%, there is some chance. That's not a lot. For, for a country that has, whatever, 30, 35% in the middle that's not either party, maybe higher, if only 8% have, have a real chance of changing their mind, the Democrats have their work cut out for, for them, no matter how uh, uh, impressive a, a, a performance or, or prosecution, whatever you want to call it, they put on in the House. Well, and, and you know, obviously the public phase is was designed to right. steer public opinion and create some kind of pressure points here. Uh, but is anybody watching? Is anybody watching, and is there enough dramatic moments? Like, like well, Yovanovitch, that was very compelling, but it was also five hours. Was there one thing that hit people in the heart who chose to watch that would change their mind among that 10%? The Democrats, it's a... I think it's a steep climb. Well, and and I forget I forget who was decrying uh, the lack of pizzazz. <laughs> that was which, isn't that SNL last night. They did a whole thing in the cold open. I, I'll let you. I'm sorry, I was <laughs> way asleep by that time. But yeah, uh, they they did a whole thing, basically saying, "Oh, excuse me, days of our impeachment," trying uh, to make it more dramatic than it is. Uh, the the Democrats because it's not, it hasn't been that dramatic, right? I guess for. For most of uh, very quickly, new Iowa poll out. Yeah. Uh, Ann Seltzer again uh, does the best polling in Iowa, and uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, up to twenty five percent from I believe nine percent previously. Yeah, the Iowans, whether you like that system or not, they go first and they get to they like to speak to and shake hands and really evaluate candidates up close that is still a tradition and uh he's a i think he's a really great retail politician i think he's great on television too but i think that that's you know uh, iowa's really new hampshire too they, they really they know they have this they feel like they have this responsibility to put candidates through the gauntlet i'll tell you what though this is Sunday. Yesterday was the election, Saturday election in, in Louisiana, Louisiana, right? right. Now you have a Democratic governor who won there, a Democrat upset Matt Bevin in Kentucky. And just, just quickly, two years ago in the Virginia House of Commons, almost unprecedented win by the Democrats, one seat of, of the House of Commons, and now they took the House and the Senate a couple weeks ago. If you think about this, 40 seats in the midterms for the Democrats that that's the most since Watergate in a rigged map. Speaking of right. Bill Brady and, and and gerrymandering, and the, if you look at the big elections since the president's been elected, it's a huge. Each Doug Jones in deep red Alabama, a Democratic senator, Kirsten Cinema in Arizona, the first time in twenty four years. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if I were the GOP, I'd be concerned about that. I mean, there's no question in those swing states the president can win this election again. But a lot of those voters who put him in office, they did not punch a 
ballot for the GOP in all these elections. And obviously, we look at the tide changing in the suburbs, too, as well. Big time. Michael Golden, president of Golden Means Strategy, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it.